Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. New everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the fourth Saturday of July, July 22nd, 2023. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted and treasured individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Sister Sharon Taylor, our Zoom moderator. Sister Sharon Taylor will also, also serves as our Minister of Music today. Minister Rochelle Jones will offer the altar prayer. And Minister Julia Thompson of the Global Awakening Prayer Ministries will deliver the preached word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. And I, Carolyn Cunningham, will serve as your worship leader. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members, the Worldwide Church, our families and friends, PIs around the world, advocacy and activist groups, the loved ones of those who've died from targeting. Also pray for all government officials to be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God to do it and not do their will. Please pray for world peace, all refugees, all who are suffering from the worldwide climate crises the Haitian people, the Sudanese people, the Russian and Ukrainian people, and all people who are suffering. Pray for all victims of gun violence, stabbings, and all violence, and their families. Pray for all children, especially those being trafficked, and pray for TIs who have had their children unjustly taken away by an unjust court system. Pray for the unhoused, both targeted and untargeted, to obtain housing that will help them have peace without satanic frequencies harming them. Thank you for your attention. Now, let us listen to a praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. If please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six and be blessed.
Okay, I just want to say how wonderful it is to be here with you all. And, you know, <laughs> I always say Millicent is my sister from a different mother because um, I just, I love her so much. And I love what she's done here with your community. And uh, I, I always enjoy being on with you because I feel like I'm with like-minded souls. And, um, you know, we're in this fight together. We're comrades. We're brothers and sisters. And uh, some of you have helped and given to me. And I just want to say thank you because this Hurricane Ian was quite quite a challenge. It's still a challenge. I'm still putting the pieces back together. And so it's an honor to be here. And um, I thank you. The, the worship music, the prayers. Wow. I am. My heart is leaping for joy. Just um, in all the things that have been shared so far. That last prayer. Wow. That was that was amazing. And so the things, you know, I was asking the Lord, what would you like me to share um, with everyone today? And, you know, this is kind of odd. So I'm going to be referring to my notes here on my computer. So um, I'm just going to try to get out of this one thing. And okay. So um, anyway, the word that came to me was, and I, I don't want anybody to take this wrong, but it was the word awaken, awaken. And um, I thought, okay, what do you mean by that, Lord? What are you talking about? Awaken. And so I just want to read a couple of scriptures and I'd like to just pray a brief prayer before I start. Because I really, it doesn't really matter what I have to say. I only care about what the Holy Spirit wants to convey because um, he's the one we need to hear from. And so um, I, I just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, I, I yield to you. Father, I yield to you. Yeshua, Jesus, I yield to you. And I thank you for an opportunity to be with brothers and sisters who love you. Thank you for, it's an honor, it's a privilege, Lord, that we can get together like this, even though we're all spread out all over the country, might even be people from other parts of the world. But um, I ask you to just speak through me the message you want to share. And, and I, I humble my heart before you. And thank you, Father, that you promised to give grace to the humble. Um, and so I, I ask that every person would be, that their heart would be good soil, because you use that parable for a reason, Jesus, when you talked about the different types of soil. And Father, I pray that each one of us would have the, that we would pull out the weeds, pull out the rocks, that working together with you, Holy Spirit, that we would really get our soil, the soil of our hearts, ready always to continually receive more of your word, more revelation of our true identity, more revelation of preparing as your bride and being a powerful influence for the kingdom on the earth, even in the midst of suffering. And actually your kingdom has always grown the most when your people were being persecuted. So we thank you that we know you are working. You have a plan on the earth that far exceeds anything the enemy has planned. And so I thank you again for the opportunity, Lord, and I, I pray blessings, blessings upon blessings for the people that are here listening. And I am grateful that they came in Yeshua's name. Amen. And I like to use the, the name Yeshua. I call him Jesus, too. But I guess I just like that because it's his Aramaic name. 
And so when I was asking him, okay, what would you like me to share? The word I heard, as I said, was awaken. And I just want to read a few scriptures here about what the Bible says about awakening. Um, in Ephesians 5.14, it says, uh, Wherefore he saith, Awaken thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Um, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Okay, now let me see here. In verse 14, it says, for anything that becomes visible, this is the, the main verse I wanted to focus on. Anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Um, it doesn't mean that we're spiritually dead, but one thing I've noticed is that um, through the things that we're experiencing, the enemy wants to he wants to deaden us to the knowledge of who we really are, you know, what we're actually a part of. And I don't know about any of you, but sometimes I can get so caught up in the crises of the moment and the situations that I'm dealing with, um, things to fix, things to deal with, things to interferences to counteract that I can lose perspective on the fact that I'm a citizen of the kingdom. And so one of the things the Lord's really been dealing with me a lot is keep your perspective, keep your perspective of who you are. Don't lose sight of it. And, you know, just to be quite honest and transparent, when this hurricane hit, it basically tore my life apart. Now, not, you know, just in the natural, not in the spiritual realm, <laughs> because because I've learned that the worse things look on the outside, the closer I need to pull into the Lord. And that's uh, that's definitely something I've learned by experience. But um, there were so many, and there still is. My whole house is still torn up. I've had one delay after another. People would say, I'll be there and I'll help you. And then they wouldn't show. Or I'd find out that they were not doing um, you know, satisfactory work and I'd have to have them quit. And anyway, but through the, all of this, one thing the Holy Spirit said is he said, I want you to not let go no matter what happens in your natural circumstances, you must not lose that time of communion with me. And so this has been my passion. Um, you know, you all know that I, I have global awakening prayer. And so we're uh, targeted people that meet um, about four times a week now, four or five times. And it, we have some extra meetings on occasion. And, you know, we're praying about the issues of targeting. We're praying about um, the issues in the world. We do, we talk a lot about recognizing the enemy's schemes. We do Bible study. And, um, you know, this, this whole thing of perspective is really, really important. And so the Lord has now, I have literally had times where this system I've noticed in the last, I'd say month or two, where they would literally try to make me go to sleep. <laughs> like, aren't you really tired? I've only been up two hours. Aren't you tired? You need to lay down and take a power nap. And I'm thinking, this is not, I know this is not natural. And, you know, the, the Bible is very clear. Whatever we are struggling with, there's an answer in the word to counteract it. And that's one of the things I love about our father and the power that's in the word because the word 
is filled with um, nuggets of truth. And if you look in the Greek at the word truth, it says you, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay, well, that word in the Greek for truth, it, I don't remember what the Greek word is, but it means reality. It doesn't mean the facts. It means the reality of God's kingdom, you know, his reality. So I can have things happening that look like, you know, they're facts of things happening around me. Oh, this isn't going to work and that's not going to get done. And oh, your body's in pain and oh, oh, oh. But this is something the Holy Spirit has told me constantly. I want you to go back to what is my reality? What is my truth in your life? And so progress, this has been a progression. And um, one of the things he's told me is that when the enemy is coming against me and whether he's trying to make me feel lethargic and tired, worn down, I can't handle anymore, I'm discouraged. Those are the times when I have to rise up by an act of my will because, you know, the mind, or I should say, well, we all know we're made up of body, soul, spirit. But the three parts of the soul are the mind, the will, and the emotions. And so if our emotions, we're feeling uh, depression or sorrow or overwhelmed with things or fear, that's an emotion. But that's a negative emotion that the enemy brings to us. And if we don't learn how to choose what God says, his truth that will put our emotions back in line. If we don't do that, then it's easy to get discouraged, worn down. So he's been showing me that what's my truth when everything looks overwhelming, when it looks like all of this evil in the world is, you know, just um, going to absolutely swallow you up <laughs> like a tsunami, uh, like a hurricane. Okay. What's, what's the, my truth and God's truth. I mean, progressively I'm seeing that his truth even though it doesn't line up with the current circumstances we may be in with whether it's through targeting or uh, family relationships or whatever financial situations, his truth is, for example, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Um, I mean, the first one is, you have a financial need. And he taught me how to answer every single threat from the enemy with his truth. And so when I wake up and my body's in pain, and, and I, that's just something that I deal with, um, I don't have a lot of attacks as much now through the day, but boy, the enemy knows that's when he can really get to me is at night. And so when I wake up and I'm in pain and I'm disoriented, I actually went through it today, this morning. I felt so out of it. And immediately, see, I've trained myself after I take communion, I've trained myself to start speaking his word. Because when we speak his word, everything gets reordered. You know, you're, uh, for example, his words, uh, he said he is exalted above even his own name, his word. So when we speak his word, we are speaking what possesses the highest authority. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of hard to comprehend, you know, wait a minute, Lord, your own name, your word is exalted above your own name. But that's what he said. 
And he said that heaven and earth, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. My word will never pass away. And um, another scripture is man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so to me, I have found that hiding the word in my heart, being in the word on a daily basis is not just a good thing to do. It's critical for me. It's, it's absolutely, um, <laughs> well, there was a time when it was life and death. If I hadn't have gotten in the word and discovered the promises, I couldn't have made it. So um, the word is when that becomes our standard, it gives you perspective. It gives you a holy perspective. And so this whole idea of awakening that I want to go back to, um, it says um, one of my favorite scriptures. So we read the one about for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Well, one of the things that I believe is happening now with technology is this effort to deaden, to um, I'm not, you may not be physically dead. Well, we already know about that part, but I'm talking about where you feel spiritually dead or you feel emotionally dead, or you feel physically like I am so wrung out and tired and I don't have the strength to rise up and spend time with the Lord, even though I know I need to. Okay. And what we have to do, what I've learned is we, this is one of the biggest parts of our, our uh, soul is our, our will. Okay. So in the soul, we're body, soul, spirit, body, soul, you know, and the heart and the mind work together. They are both where we do our thinking from there's neurons in the heart, there's neurons in the brain. And then spirit, my spirit man is perfect. He doesn't have any problems, which I'm, that's really amazing. Isn't it wonderful to have one part of you that, you know, is in good shape. But getting my soul in agreement with the truth of the spirit in me, that's where we have to we have to work at that. And especially in the targeting program, there is an effort to um, I mean, I see it a lot and I see it in various different ways. The effort to make you feel like whether it's emotional or physical to make you feel like I can't do that. I can't spend time in the word. I can't pull out the scripture, even if I've got it in my heart, because all I know is how I feel right now and the frustration and the, the pain, whatever it is. OK, whatever negative thing. And, you know, a little side note here, when God made Adam and Eve, I heard somebody teach this one time and um, I thought, what an interesting point. He said, God never created our bodies to handle stress. Adam and Eve were not designed that way. They weren't designed to carry large amounts of stress. And therefore, um, you know, when, when we're getting overwhelmed, bombarded things from, you know, everywhere, physical body relationships, people turning on you, uh, feeling uh, blocked, feeling, you know, your life constantly being interfered with, whatever it is, because um, we know this is all multifaceted, whatever it is. Um, it can just seem like you can't come out. And even if you're feeling, some of you might be feeling weak and tired and worn down. And I don't think that's all in the spiritual realm. I think, some, uh, you know, it, the root of this whole thing is coming from a spiritual place, the enemy of our souls. 
but it's using technology. We've got 5G now. We've got all kinds of EMF soup around us that is affecting people physically. So whatever it is that's affecting us, it's really imperative that we awaken, that we awaken ourselves and say, wait a minute, I get it. I see this attack. The father wants us to learn how to recognize attacks coming from a distance and be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. And he wants us to um, employ his truth and literally, um, I'm thinking what's the, what's the right word? He wants us to appropriate it, appropriate his reality because remember, his, his word is not just facts. They're not just uh, words of encouragement. They're not just words of instructions. They are literally truth. They are literal reality. So <laughs> I've had people say to me, I can't speak the word when everything's falling apart. Or, you know, are you crazy? And, you know, I see your life. Everything's a mess. And here you are talking about the goodness of God. But you see, when you speak the reality of God, the reality of his truth, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. See, I'm not saying that because I'm so strong. I'm saying it to honor the one who lives in me. The one who lives in me is very strong. But you see, even though my spirit is perfect, if my soul is not in agreement with my spirit, then we're going to have conflict. And because I am ultimately the governor of this temple, I can choose, am I going to surrender to the Holy Spirit, you know, in my spirit, in my spirit, man, he's full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faith, all those things. But if my mind is struggling because I'm going through all kinds of things around me, then I have to make a choice. And that's where the will comes in. The will is the part of the soul that has to awaken, awaken, um, to the fact that we have a choice. We are actually a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away and all things have become new. Now, if I go by what I see around me, I'm, I'm going to say, nothing's changed. It's all looking the same as it did. But I've learned by experience, <clears throat> pardon me, that when we continue to stand on God's reality, yes, I am a new creation. I am not just flesh and blood. And you know, when you look up that word new creation, it means literally a being that never before existed, never before. It means that you are not flesh and blood. You're not who you used to be. Now, if you as a born again, spirit filled believer, if you want to stay in the old man and the limitations of the old man, you can. It's your choice. But if you want to allow all of these conflicting opposition coming against you to actually be your cue and your reminder that, wait a minute, uh, didn't you say I'm a new creation? Then see, you, you can do that. And so one of the things that I found so helpful is that when I'm being, uh, <laughs> having information projected on me that is not God's reality, not his truth, because remember the devil is the father of lies. This is what he does best. He's the father of lies. And I know it may not seem like a lie when, when you know there's literal technology or people coming against you. And I'm not saying those are not facts, but when you compare them to the reality of God, that all things, for example, Romans 8, 28, 
All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So while the enemy has got his plan and he's using his abilities uh, and his technologies to try to uh, suppress me, to disable me, make me tired, worn down. While he's doing that, see, I have a choice to awaken, awaken my soul, awaken my soul. And, and by an act of my will, I can say, no, 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 that's your, that's your agenda, Satan. But God's reality of who I really am is that um, it's no longer I who live, but Jesus Christ living in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God. And that's, Paul was saying the same faith that Jesus Christ, the Messiah walked in on the earth. We have to choose that because Jesus lived by faith. And, you know, he had to be just like us. He had to have, you know, he was God with skin on. He had to feel everything that we go through. He had to feel the weaknesses of the flesh in order to fully identify with us. And uh, I love what a woman said in one of her teachings I was listening to, she said, he became just like us so that we could become just like him. So this idea of awakening leads me to another scripture, because remember, we are citizens of the household of God. We are citizens of the kingdom. We are called ambassadors. Okay. The, there's so many things that make up who we are. And, you know, I've, I've said this before, so some of you might have heard me say this, but um, very early in this barrage of attacks and craziness going on, I did, I didn't, wasn't hearing from the Lord hardly at all. I mean, almost nothing. But one of the, when I did finally hear something, <laughs> what I heard was, you don't know who you are. And I've been a believer for 30 years. And yet he was telling me, you don't know who you are. And the reason I didn't know is because I did not have any idea how important the word was to me. It was something I went to every so often. I went to kind of like, it was like a fire extinguisher for me, to be quite honest. You know, I'd run to the word when I had a need, but I somehow was blinded to the fact that that was literally how I was going to survive and thrive in life. And so the targeting really opened my eyes to the word of God and the importance of it. And um, that's why Jesus said, you know, you can't live by bread alone. You're going to live by my word. And so when I heard that I didn't know who I was, I thought, okay. And I went and had people pray for me. And can you deliver me from all this mess? <laughs> no, there was no person who just prayed a prayer and everything went away. There was no easy fix. And finally, after so much silence from the Lord and, and me understanding that there was a reason why I wasn't hearing from him, it really hurt for a while. And uh, in fact, I was just talking about this earlier with my group that we meet with on Saturday. Um, I finally just started choosing by faith to know that he would not leave me or forsake me. And I started digging in the scriptures. And that's when I began to see that there are so many scriptures that say who we are and that we must awaken to who we are because of what Jesus did for us. So he calls us kings and priests. We, a priest ministers to the Lord. Worship is incredibly important to spend time where you don't make any requests. You just worship him because he's worthy. 
And um, that's also, you know, a priest is a mediator between God and man. So when we are acting in a in our priestly office, Jesus is the high priest. We're the priests under him. In the priestly office, we intercede for people. We we take their petitions before the throne. So we are called priests. Pardon me. We are called. Um, oh my! I should turn that off. Okay, so we are called priests. We are called kings. Now you think to, you might think to yourself, okay, wait a minute. I am the furthest thing away from anybody that could be acting like a king. <laughs> That's what I thought. And I said, Lord, I do not understand this. But as time has gone on, I've learned more and more about the government of God. And because we are citizens of the kingdom and Jesus, Yeshua is known as the king of kings. Okay. And all this time, I mean, for years, I thought king of kings meant He's the king over the kings of the earth. And the more I read, the more I realized that, no, he's the king over us because he calls us priests and kings. Okay, a king, um, he, he operates on an earthly realm. And so then I started learning more and more about, okay, he, he took me back to Genesis. He said, look, see what my original plan was. Do you see how my plan for Adam, I gave him dominion. In fact, um, well, it might take me a while to get there. If I, I'll see if I can just type that in real quick. But um, if you look at Genesis 1, 26 and 28, it's quite amazing because this tells you what the father's plan was all along. Hi there. Shall I pick up where I left off? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I am so sorry. And, and you know, I, I apologize, but I forgot to find out how long I should speak because I get kind of excited. <laughs> I forget the time. Okay, maybe you can send me a, a note on the, in the chat. Okay, so what I was going to read to you is because this really, really amazed me as I got in the scriptures. Um, I apologize for getting knocked off like that. It was taking quite a while to get back on. Um, it says, okay, I'm in Genesis 1, and I'm looking at verse 26. Okay, so in verse 25, just for context, of course, you all know this is the, the uh, account of creation. So in verse 25, God had made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Okay, here, key verse. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God said, I'm sorry, and God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over all the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And so 
what happened is when he showed me this and he said, do you see, this was my original plan. I had a plan that man created in my image would govern the earth. And, you know, of course, we know what happened. Sin entered into the picture. Um, Satan craftily usurped the authority that God had given Adam and Eve to be, they were to be the governing force on the earth. And um, so, of course, we know then from, from there, things just got worse. And down through the ages, through the generations, sin traveled through the bloodlines. And all of these curses, which are the result of sin, ensued. And, and we have where we're at right now. And um, there's, a, there's, incidentally, I just want to point this out. In the book of Enoch, there's a scripture now, I, I'm not, I don't read lots of, I, I really would like to go back and read the entire book of Enoch. I haven't done that. I've just read parts of it. And, but it's very interesting that in the end of the book of Enoch, because a lot of people think that it's a very appropriate book for us to read now. And if you go back to some of the earliest um, accounts, earliest Bible, Bibles that were written, like the Ethiopian Bible is one of the earliest Bibles ever created. There were 80 some books in that Bible, I believe, and Enoch was included. And, and so I've kind of developed a thought that or, or uh, the concept that if the Bible that we read, the King James Bible, if it refers to some of these lost books of the Bible, um, like Jasher, Jubilees, um, the book of Enoch, then I tend to think that they were actually very valid. And it may just be that for whatever reason, they weren't important for the time to be put in the King James. I don't really know. But here's the scripture, the way it reads in the book of Enoch. It's a little bit of a paraphrase. It says, gen well, it's okay. So Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam. He was the great, great grand. No, yeah, he was the great grandfather of Noah. I'm sorry. So Noah came two generations after Enoch. Okay, Enoch, you know, was known as the man that walked with God. He was constantly taken to the heavenly realm, shown things, and then came back on the earth to share it. He was considered one of the wisest men of his time. He was a leader, and he was living at a time of incredible evil. Because remember, in Genesis 6 was when the fallen angels made it with the women, the giants were produced. I mean, there, and then it was within two generations that the flood came to wipe everybody out but Noah and his family because they were of a pure genetic bloodline. Okay, so Enoch was actually embroiled in evil all around him. He, it was, it's just hadn't gotten quite, it hadn't um, exceeded or it hadn't, hadn't progressed to the point that it got to when Noah was making the ark. Okay, because that's, that's when God said, it's, we're done. But Enoch was shown beforehand that the flood was coming because man was growing so evil and because of the influence of the fallen angels. So, you know, Adam was doing anything but governing and evil was literally overtaking man. And so one of the in the very last chapter towards it's just one of the last few verses, Enoch says, I was shown the tablets in heaven and after the flood. This will be the course of events. Generation upon generation shall transgress until a generation 
of righteousness arises at which time sin shall be removed from the earth. When I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, and so I'm putting these pieces together. I'm thinking, okay, Adam and Eve were supposed to govern. We were actually created in our father's image, which is that in itself is like, can you please explain that to me, Lord? I don't feel like I'm created in your image. But you see, I, I think um, that's that's a whole nother story. I believe that our hearts, the fact that we were created to be motivated by love, which is the raw, pure essence of our father. He is pure love. Everything he does is motivated and it's um, it's basically originates from his heart of love. And when you think about when he made Adam and Eve, he made us because he wanted a family. You know, he wanted people that he could have fellowship with and that he could say, come, you know, look and see what I've made for you. And so today, one of the things the Lord spoke to me, and I'm going to try to tie all this together, but one of the things the Lord spoke to me was he said, you see, I made Adam because I wanted to walk with him while he governed the earth. But now I have made it so that I not, I don't walk with Adam. I actually walk in Adam. And I'm going to explain what that means, because this has so much to do with us knowing our true identity and walking in the reality of the kingdom so that when the enemy is coming at all sides saying you're finished, you can't overcome that we will be armed and equipped with the truth that enables us to actually take these impossible situations and say, it's no longer I who live. It's the God head living in me. Okay. So, um, so when he was telling me, I want you to use the word awaken, I'm using that word. And, and I want to read from um, Isaiah. I'm going to go back to why, why this matters about Genesis one, because we know that it was impossible for Adam to rule the earth and govern the way he was supposed to. Because, but remember that was always God's original plan and see what I didn't know in the midst of living in such a dark and perverse world, you think, well, I guess that all changed because look at what we're in the middle of. I mean, throughout in the New Testament, not I want, I don't want to say throughout, but there are several places where Satan is referred to as the God of this world. He's known as the accuser of the brethren, the father of lies, the one who came to steal, kill, and to destroy. You know, everything about him was is is wicked and remember he took jesus up to that mountain and he said this was the i think this was yeah it was the third of the tests the temptations that jesus experienced in the wilderness and so he took him on top of that mountain and he said see all this see all these kingdoms of this world they're all mine bow down and worship me and i'll give you i'll give you these now, he could not have said that if he didn't have ownership of the kingdoms of the world, but not for long. And this is, to me, the most exciting thing about what Jesus did for. I mean, besides paying the price for our sins, that's the first thing, because we couldn't even come before the Father. But, um, but there's so much to our inheritance that he wants us to discover, because as we start discovering what Jesus actually accomplished and what it means to who I am so that I can know who I am when I'm confronted with attacks, it changes your perspective. Okay. So, so the soul, it's our soul that has to awaken to the truth. 
And, you know, I've often said to the Lord, especially in the last year or so, I said, Lord, I feel like I'm waking up from a deep slumber, like I've been asleep my whole life. And, you know, learning about how mind control programming works. And, and you know, I've had Millicent, we, I interviewed her recently, earlier this year, and she talked about um, the systems that are operating against her. And see, I, I, and I know she and I both share this, that this is something that the public needs to know, because we have basically, we have been and we still are, to those who are not aware, they are still vulnerable to all this programming. And I really believe it's ramped up and accelerated. So if we don't know who we are in light of what Yeshua, Jesus did for us on the cross, in what in light of what God's word says is our reality, not, not just words of encouragement, but our reality, the reality of being citizens of the kingdom. If we don't know, then this system is going to tell us who we are. They're going to tell us you're a nothing, you're sick, you're tired, you're, you know, whatever. You, you'll never have any money. Um, God doesn't care about you. Whatever they choose to want to promote to us. Okay. So, um, so this whole thing of God's government is because in the world, there's a scripture. I'm going to use the scripture in John 12, 31. It says, this is a week before Jesus died on the cross. And remember, see, Satan's been governing the world. Okay. And as long as Jesus is still alive, he's Satan is still the God of this world. And he, and see, he is the God of this world for those who do not know the most high God, for those who have not been born from above. So when Paul called him the God of this world, yes, he is by default because no one is putting him in his place. Okay. No one is, is, I mean, not no one, <laughs> but I mean, the people that are in darkness that do not have, uh, haven't been reconciled to the father, they are automatically under the control of Satan and under the sway of his deception because they don't know to resist him. But what God, what the Holy Spirit has been progressively revealing is this awakening, awakening to who I am, awakening to what Jesus bought for me on the cross, awakening to my sonship, that I am not an outcast. I am not an orphan. Okay, because the enemy forces want to promote this to us. And I can't tell you how many days, even now, you know, even, uh, you know, as recently as a few days ago, I wake up and think and feel this foreboding and feel this, oh my gosh, things are really, really bad. But then as soon as I click in, as soon as I, by an act of my will, I click in with the Holy Spirit and the knowledge of the realities of the kingdom, knowledge of the truth. It's like all that stuff just vaporizes because remember, Satan is the father of lies. And we are in the midst of the world here that is being engulfed. It is literally being swallowed up by lies. That's what the beast system is. Okay. So, um, okay. I see there's, there's a message for me. Okay, 45 minutes. Well, the problem is I don't know when I start. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, does that mean I should quit now? Around 3.40 is, oh, well, 5.40 Central Time you started, so. Oh, my be, God. Um, okay. 
What oh you're on Eastern time, so you started right. at uh six forty, so that okay. would be seven thirty. Okay, okay, so yep. we'll I'll wrap it up in ten minutes. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um it's all right, Mr. Junior. It's okay. Oh, it's a little bit of a shift for me to go from our Bible study because we had some intense things going on. But anyway, so so the thing that the Lord was telling me is he said, I want you to awaken to who you are, awaken to the fact that you are righteous because of my blood, not because you're doing everything perfect and awaken to what it means to be a son of God and awaken to the fact that I have a government. So, you know, want to go back here and, you know, kingdom is a government. It is a form of government. And in a government, you have to have a ruler. Now, in, in a monarchy, you have a king, right? Yeshua is the king. He is called the king of kings. We are the kings that are under him. He is the great high priest. We are the priests that are under him. Okay. We remember, we are the ones and when the devil gives me trouble, I say, look, I didn't make the rules. God is the one that said we were created in his image to have dominion on this earth. And just to give you another scripture for that, because this took a while for me to really get a hold of it. I thought, you know, Lord, you're talking about dominion. Do I really have dominion? But here's a couple of scriptures um, in Romans 5, 17. It says, if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, meaning Adam, how much more shall we who have received the free gift um, of grace and righteousness reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ, our Messiah? Okay, so that's one. Um, another one, when Jesus said, behold, I give unto you authority. This is Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Well, I remember one day I must've said that 600 times and nothing happened. It just got worse. <laughs> I'll never forget that day thinking, Lord, this is not good. I am a believer. I'm declaring your word and I am in worse shape than I was when I started. And you see, when we're trying to press into new revelation and we're awakening and we're wanting to, you know, we feel the Holy Spirit calling us to come up higher. I want you to come up higher in who you are. Oh, yes, you will experience opposition. But he's got an answer for that, too. When you've done all the stand, stand, therefore, you just keep standing on the truth that he shows you. And so as he has shown me progressively through the targeting that um, that he has truths for me. I just want to keep an eye on the time. Okay, so progressively he has shown me, you know, whatever you face, I'll show you the truth to deal with it at the moment. I can now look back and see that this has been a building. He's been building this house. <laughs> He's been building my temple, not just, um, you know, I'm not talking about my physical temple. And I do believe in restoration of physic our physical beings that God has the power to do that, that we actually possess resurrection life in us, as the scripture says, but, but building a spiritual temple. And you see, that's why God, it's so important that we connect, that we awaken to who we are. And Isaiah 60 verse one says, arise, shine, 
for your light is come for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And I think of it like a fountain that comes and it bursts forth. Okay. Is risen. So it's rising. The spirit within us is rising in preeminence because our soul is learning how to get in agreement with the reality or the truth of the kingdom, the spirit man, what he already knows when my soul gets in agreement with my spirit, man, everything changes because now there's nothing opposing. Remember, he said, if your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but if my mind is holding fast to what I've been trained to think or programmed to think or just the way I've been raised, you know, old mindsets, this is why the mind has to be renewed according to Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Be ye therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know what is that good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Okay, so we have to become transformed. This is why I love getting in the word because the word is not only tells us, which of course it's glorious that it reveals who our creator is. It reveals the plan of salvation. It reveals our savior, but it also reveals our part in his plan. Because I believe that when Jesus died, it says he did not first ascend, excuse me, he did not first ascend, but that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth. Colossians 2.15, he stripped, or King James says he spoiled, and having spoiled principalities and powers, that means to strip them of their dominion. If you go back and look at the, the original, you know, look into the Greek meaning. So Jesus stripped the principalities and power, stripped Satan of his dominion over us, triumphing over him through the cross. And that word triumph, it says he made, when he says he made a public spectacle, that's what the word triumph means. Because where it says, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, that's Paul talking to us. That word triumph means to parade your enemy as a defeated foe, because that's what they used to do when, uh, you know, a tribal leader would be defeated. They would take their their thumbs and their big toes. They would cut them off and they would parade them down the street because you can't run and you can't use weapons without your thumbs and your big toes. And so they would, were able to see then that 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 enemy was no longer a threat. So all I want to say here, I know I got to wrap up here. Um, is I pray, well, let me just go back to that arise shine. The way it reads is arise shine for your light is come for the glory of the Lord is rising upon you. As our soul gets in agreement with the spirit, there's a release, like a releasing. This is, was a picture the Lord gave me. It's like a release of a fountain. It begins, begins to come up and over. It begins to shower our lives to where we start seeing things happen. We start seeing things change. And then it says, um, behold, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness, the people, but the glory of the Lord shall arise upon thee or upon you. See, each one of us, because we are a new creation, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's wanting to manifest his kingdom on this earth through us. And he's wanting us to learn that his government, the reason Jesus died, part of our inheritance was so that the government of God could be operative through us. 
And the and last thing I'm going to say is John 12, 31. Jesus said right before he died, I, I, this is, I meant to get back to this. Jesus said right after he raised Lazarus from the dead and the Pharisees are, you know, coming after him. They're ready to take him. They want to kill him and Lazarus. He says, now is the time for judgment to come to this world, meaning this world system. Now is the prince of this world being cast out. And I'm telling you, after 30 years, I was so embarrassed. It's like, oh, my gosh, I've read this how many times? And I didn't understand that it meant that Jesus cast out. He cast out his headship. Basically, he was saying I, I, it, that word cast out means to thrust out forcefully. So Satan, who was the authority on the earth, lost his dominion over us when Jesus, when he went through the cross and he endured the shame and the suffering, paid the price for our sins, died and rose from the dead. You see, we, we don't know what he was doing, but it gives us a clue when it says he descended into the lower parts of the earth. He was he was kicking butt. He was telling the devil, you're done. Your government, your pseudo form of government, your excuse me, usurping of the authority I originally gave Adam is being stripped from you. And then to seal it, he said he called himself the last Adam. Actually, it's, um, it's in Corinthians. Paul said, referred to Jesus as the last Adam. Now, because we are adopted into the family, we are now the last Adam. And just as Jesus had authority on the earth, when he said, not only will you do what I do, disciples and all who will come after you, but you will do even greater. So my words are just to encourage you that the enemy will try to make you feel like you don't have any power. You don't have any way to rise up. You don't have anything to say about what's being done to you. But the more you hold fast, you know, because we're all awakening, we are awakening to the fact that, oh, my gosh, Jesus paid the highest price for me. I won't let one drop of your blood be for nothing. Jesus, help me to, to realize the full benefits of my salvation. When we have that kind of attitude, the Holy Spirit goes to town and he starts showing us right and left. Look what he did for you. Believe it, appropriate it to your life and make the effort to get rid of doubt and unbelief. And when the enemy says, I'm coming after you, that's when you can say, no, you've already been defeated. According to the, you can say, it is written. It is written. And having stripped you principalities of your dominion over me, Jesus Christ triumphed over you. And now I triumph over you. And I am victorious. Remember, it says everyone born of God is victorious over this world. And this is the victory that overcomes this world system, even our faith. So I just want to encourage you to arise and shine, to awaken to who you are. You are precious. You are a jewel in your father's eyes. You are the apple of his eye. You are a priest and a king on this earth. And we begin by first ruling in our each one of our own lives. And then we can uh, branch out from there, our families, our community. But you are very important. You are part of the government of the kingdom. You're an ambassador. You are chosen. You are called. You are precious in the Father's sight. And I thank you so much for allowing me to speak. And I hope I've encouraged your hearts. God bless you all. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.